Hello, and welcome back to True Crime Guys Podcast. I'm Michael, and Andy is here. I'm still here. Yes. yes. He's hanging around. We appreciate it, Andy. See how much room I have now? I can actually <laughs> get off the chair. He's giving me so much freedom now. That's right. We're giving some, giving him some bathroom privileges and some food privileges now. Mm-hmm. You, you've almost mm-hmm. got you almost got enough episodes under your belt to maybe go home. Right? Oh, for I for a, a few break. hours. I get a break. Yes. yes. Visitation yes. hours. That's right. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to it. Conjugal visits. <laughs> oh, and we gave you spring break off, right? It's springtime out it, there. It is. It is. <gasps> I it's thought I lovely. smelled pollen. <laughs> We hope everyone had a great Easter, uh, spring break, uh, what have you. We did. I enjoyed. I enjoyed some time off. Well, well, not really. It was due to a, a death in the family, but overall, uh, it was. It, it turned out to be a pretty, a pretty good experience overall. It brought a lot of family members together, as deaths often do. You death. Know? Death is the ultimate time off. It is. It, it is, is the ultimate vacation. It is the, <laughs> it is the, it's the ultimate spring break. That's, all right, Andy. Are you, are you daydreaming? Uh, I'm kind of fantasizing here about maybe just a long right. coma. <laughs> You're romanticizing death a little bit much here at the beginning of the episode. Oh, God. Yeah, that sounds like a yeah. great nap. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And uh, if you'd like to watch this show, you know you can. You can watch every single episode of True Crime Guys Proper on YouTube. And you can see myself and Andy as well as pictures of what we're talking about so you don't have to Google them. Right? You don't even have to take the time, and it's a great time waster at work as well. And also, if you're on YouTube, I can show you these amazing stickers that my daughter Melody designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, you want to do a close-up for one of these? Do a close-up on one of several. these. We've got several. We've got one there, right here. we got longer here. arms. There we go. We've got Look this at that. guy on a mug. It is a, true, it is a guy, uh, presumably a true crime guy, uh, with a TV for a head, naturally. And uh, he has a rose in his hand, and he is tossing it out as a creep van explodes behind him. It's a very, it sounds very complex, um, but I think, I think it turned out very nice. So guys, you can get a hold of these at truecrimeguys.com, truecrimeguys.com and click the link stickers mm-hmm. for five bucks, five bucks. They will be shipped to you wherever you shall live. Even if it's Australia, we don't care. Those stickers really just, they just exemplify the vibe around here. Just I think so. walking away, chaos behind. That's right. That's that's how I walk away after every recording. That's how I leave I'm the studio. Like, I forgot all of those, all just, that horrible shit. You just light a match and walk Great. away. <laughs> the insurance but, on this studio is ridiculous it, at this point. It's quite. It's about the fifth studio we yeah. built. And, no. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to get one of those custom stickers, they're five bucks. Link in the description below this episode, or you can go to truecrimeguys.com. Okay, also, guys, check out our other show, Strange and Unexplained, which comes out every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as Sandu Stories comes out every other Tuesday. Yeah, Sandu Stories. Yes, Sandu Stories, our most latest episode called The Encore, where an up-and-coming musician is booked to play at a compound for what he is told is a retreat of some sort. But after his performance and other strange occurrences, he learns that this wellness group has more sinister intentions for their headlining act. This one is not based on any crime at all, and it has dinosaurs in it, and it's a crazy one-off story that I had a blast doing. Honestly, I pitched this idea uh, to Andy, and he ran with it, and it came to life, and it was a lot of fun. It was like a higher thoughts idea. He was just like, okay, <laughs> Listen hold on. to me. Hold on for a second. What about a cult, <laughs> but with dinosaurs? I was like, huh? Huh? You got me. <laughs> it's like one of those but, pitch meeting ideas. That's right. So, guys, if you want to check out that crazy story, uh, it's Sandu Stories everywhere you listen. By the time this episode comes out, it should be available everywhere. Um, and if you like what you hear with Sandu Stories, there is a lot more where that came from at patreon.com slash Guys, as well as extra content for me and Andy like Strange Shorts every single Monday. Speaking of Patreon, I'd like to thank Kendra for this suggestion, this amazing suggestion of Alfred thank you. Packer. Alfred Griner Packer. Packer. And I'm not, and I'm not saying it wrong. It's... Uh, it's not, it's, some people say Alfred, right? Alfred was obviously his name, but he kind of embraced Alfred for whatever reason in his later years. I think he just thought it was funny or maybe it was due to an accent. I don't know what it was, but you will find both of them all over the interwebs. Uh, and Alfred, more commonly, honestly, 
Well, that's it's, the one that stands out more. It, They're like, you know what? Yeah. Let's just make this guy even more noticeable. Yeah, seriously. Like, we don't want you to get confused with anybody else named Alfred. Let's just go ahead and throw this guy into the Alfred category. Right. <laughs> exactly. Limit the Google searches down a little bit. That's right. But either way, he's an American folk figure, and he's known as the Colorado Cannibal. And like I said, his name is often misspelled as Alfred. Uh, most Some people say the error stems from his own illiteracy. Or it could be when a dyslexic tattoo artist misspelled his name as Alfred and it became sort of an inside joke for him. And he kind of just ran with it. We've all misspelled our own names before. Have we? I did is, it is, one you time. Think it's, you think it's Alfred's fault or do you think it was the tattoo artist's fault? Because you know they're not stenciling back in the 1800s, man. They're just putting that shit on there. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. like That's a free that's, hand job. That's Garrett. Yeah, it's a free hand job. Good Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like what you did. It's there. all about phrasing, Andy. I like what you did there. That's right. But uh, yeah, it's guarantee. It's like, what do you want the tattoo to say, yeah. Alfred? What do you think? What do you think I said? <laughs> I'm just. What do you think? What do I you said? think I said? You know what? Can you write it? No. Okay. Let's. Okay. I'm just gonna trust you. <laughs> right. Can Problem you spell is, that the first time correctly. <laughs> right. He went a little too far south to get his tattoo, <laughs> Alfred. Yeah, I got you. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to write it down for you i've already started man all right. all right we joked around enough here at the beginning we're gonna get one starred let's get into this guy lord knows we ain't the first am i right ah. we'll see you on the other side of the intro ah. he hails from pennsylvania just couldn't wait to get away yeah so he left the farm went out looking for gold That's Alfred, or should I say Alfred? He's only good at looking out for number one. That cannibal son of a gun. He had his eyes on the gold in San Juan. He prayed, dear Lord, don't let it be gone. Said, I know the way, y'all follow me. Bold faced lie and exaggeration. He ain't the kind to face starvation. If he's got a couple buddies, he's as good as gold. Well, that's Alfred, or should I say Alfred? He's only good at looking out for number one. That cannibal son of a gun. He had his eyes on the gold in San Juan He prayed, dear Lord, don't let it be gone Said, I know the way, y'all follow me That's Alfred, or should I say Alfred He's only good at looking out for number one That cannibal son of a gun All right Let's talk about old Alfred or Alfred. Which Al- which do you prefer, Andy? I'll take Alfred. I like Alfred. <laughs> yeah, I won't take Alfred. I, yeah. My money's on Alfred. Yeah, I'm going to call him that. I like it. Uh, but he was born in Allegheny County in Pennsylvania on January 21st, 1842. And who really cares who shares a birthday with him, honestly? I don't, I don't really know why we started that. I, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really I don't care. Know. I mean, if you care, if, if enough people care, maybe I'll bring that back. But I, 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 I'm willing to bet a lot of people don't care. <laughs> but uh, he was not an only child, although I'm not sure how many siblings he had. I guess they didn't eat people. So in turn, I guess they just weren't famous enough to be that, mentioned. Well, I guess all their names are probably properly spelled in the genealogy tree. Yeah, <laughs> they were so they were so goody two shoes. He didn't like them. Uh, but his parents were James Packer and Esther Griner. And by the 1850s, young Alfred had moved to LaGrange County, Indiana, and began a career in carpentry, where he made cabinets. That's right. Yeah, he, he didn't really he didn't really get along with his parents very well, apparently, at a young age, even even as like a teenager. Like he was gone before he was 20, like way before he was 20. Shocking back then, uh, right? Seriously, you're a man by 12, so get yeah. the hell out. You're a man as soon as you get that um, first mustache hair. <laughs> Right. So anyways, by the 1850s, he's creating a decent living for himself, and he no longer needed his parents' support. And their relationship faltered, and that apparently caused Alfred to want to move even further away, taking up residence in Minnesota, where he became a cobbler, or a shoemaker, for those of you unfamiliar with the term. I was, you know, ma- He didn't become a peach cobbler. He didn't become a pie maker, or he no. just become a pie? <laughs> he made cobblers out of people. Oh! Meat pie! Uh, cannibal jokes. But with the 1860s quickly approaching, so was the Civil War. And Alfred Packer, like every other man around his age at the time, would have to play his part. 
So on April 22nd, 1862, he enlisted in the Union Army while living in Winona, Minnesota. He was placed in the 16th U.S. Infantry Regiment. Here's a little interesting thing, though. He didn't spend a lot of time in the military because eight months after he enlisted, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. It's really crazy they, they even were aware of epilepsy back then. Well, back then they were just like, this guy's keeps shaking. Like, why is he... uh, this, this guy's guy... got demons about every other two days. This guy's got shakes, <laughs> and uh, we keep tying him down, but he's just tearing through them some. Uh, no, I mean, like, it's on record that he had epilepsy. Like, they knew what it was by then, apparently. That's amazing. Well, that's also, you can guarantee that's why you know he was in the Union Army. It wasn't the Confederate Army. Cause... <laughs> that's what I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, who's in the Confederate Army? That would be demons every two days. He's got the demons. He's going to bleed these things out of him. Yeah, yeah. There's only one way to get rid of them. Uh, but if you don't know what epilepsy is, guys, it's a neurological disorder marked by sudden reoccurrent episodes of sensory disturbance could include loss of consciousness or convulsions associated with abnormal electrical activity in the brain. So obviously it's something that you cannot help. Um, something that I think is treatable, but not necessarily curable yet. I, I think I that's, that? I think you're pretty much correct okay. on that. It's, you're probably onto something for sure. Why it was he only had such a short stint is because that probably was triggered during his training. Like thinking of all the gunfire he was just like being set up next to, all the flashes right. of muzzles and cannons, and, and probably something that just triggered alongside in his like his boot camp or whatever. And they were like, "Yeah, I don't think we want to bring you out into the field." It may like, be, yeah, you're right. It may be something that manifested later in his adulthood. Well, I mean, gosh, he, he was probably eighteen, nineteen when he enlisted, anyways. Yeah, at, so at, I mean, hopefully, right. But either way. Um, upon his diagnosis, he would be honorably discharged at Fort Ontario, New York, but he apparently wasn't pleased with this and still wanted to do his part in the war, so, or something, so he headed south, just a little, not Confederate South, <laughs> not that far, he wasn't switching scenes. He's like, oh, uh, you guys won't take me, oh, I know who, so will. I know who will. <laughs> I know who will. No, not that far south. But on June 25th, 1963, he enlisted in the Union Army again in the 8th Iowa Cavalry Regiment, to be exact. Now, the info on soldiers and enlistments wasn't great back then, as you could imagine, and many things like this tended to slip between the cracks. But epilepsy is kind of a hard thing to hide, especially if you start having seizures every two days. So yet again, he was honorably discharged. Kind of makes me think of uh, Captain America in the beginning of the first Captain America movie yeah, where he just, just, keeps, go part, he just keeps going to enlist <laughs> and they're just like, no, no. Like, look at you. And like this guy got the first time through. They were like, all right, you want to go? Why did he just... Okay, that's not good. Yeah, I don't think we need to put him online. No. no. <laughs> yeah. So he just goes a couple states over. Yeah, he just goes to the next joins state right down. Back he was up. like, ah, now nah, that's where it came around. He was like, I'm Alfred. Ferd. Oh, that's Al how it's Ferd Packer. <laughs> he was a pathological liar. They were so like, he, who knows? <laughs> you know, you got to take all of this story with a grain of salt. And of course, there's information out there that's different than what I'm going to present to you today. But leave mean YouTube comments if you want to. That's fine. Um, but it was at this point in Alfred, Alfred's life that he gave up on the military and decided to move out west to live out the rest of his life. Now, he began picking up whatever jobs he could get. Obviously, he was young with very limited military experience. But he got jobs from ranch hands, hunter, wagon teamster. But as you can imagine, epilepsy can interfere with just about all of these. <laughs> he even tried being a wilderness guide. But after a seizure, would sometimes become lost. And, you know, that's just not a quality you really look for in a guide. No. You know what I'm saying? When your guide like, <laughs> falls over shaking and you have to like calm them back down, and they just look at you like, whew, oh, take me home. Where are we? You know where we're at? You know where? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what are we doing? At? Did y'all bring food? Because, oh. Why the hell are we out here? Uh, well, I'm glad y'all are here. Yeah. <laughs> At least I'm not alone. God. Again. All right. At least I won't go hungry. I mean, what? I mean, at least I got companionship. <clears throat> but anyways, old Alfred ended up taking work that nobody wanted, and usually with a high turnover rate, if you catch my drift. Like mining, for instance, in Colorado. Uh, not a lot of union turnovers, more or less just uh, we got more boots to fill. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's all There's we could always pull out room the in the mines. <laughs> yeah, that's all we could recover from the cave-in was just they're pulling their boots off. It's like, well, there's yep. a fresh pair. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Pass it to the next fellow. But even this didn't seem to pay the bills, as Colorado wasn't really known for their natural resources at the time. So Packer ended up in Utah, presumably for work and resources. But honestly, with Packer's condition came other side effects, such as mood swings, aggression, depression, and he was also known as a compulsive liar, as well as a petty thief. And this type of behavior may have caused him to move around quite a bit as well, fleeing authorities or those who sought revenge. These are the things that kind of made me believe that kind of... Like 
I feel like early on in this guy's life, there was yeah. probably some head injury or some sort of trauma that, because it's like for especially yeah. for his epilepsy to really not really be that prevalent until he was older. Right. It's like I feel like he had to suffer some sort of injuries. I mean, it's the 1800s, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like hitting by a kids horse or, or something was a normal thing though too. It's just you know. Yeah, and so I feel like they're they're just they're. Because there's not a lot about his youth in in history, so it's right. like it's it's there's got to be something that either triggered or event oh, that sure. kind of went along with it. But yeah, yeah, I feel like you just don't go from kind of living a normal life to enlisting <laughs> in the military and just Listen, start having epilepsy. I don't, I don't think growing up in the mid 1800s, you, you didn't have some type of of brain damage. You know, what I mean, you'd be lucky not to. Seriously, absolutely. I mean, you know, they weren't wearing helmets. What the hell's a helmet, dude? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? But but really, these issues, these different mood swings and stuff, it really it really started to mess Packer up. And after years of dealing with these issues and making a modest living as a miner or a prospector, in, in 1873, Packer caught wind of possible gold in, San, in the San Juan Mountains. And like many other prospectors, thought that this was the chance to strike it rich. And, you know, at this time, Packer is really starting to realize um, what real work is. And he's also realizing that he doesn't want to do it. Yeah, prospecting's not easy. <laughs> I think he is like one more firing away from just a life of crime at this point. At this point, he also probably just and that's why he's like, "Fuck it." I mean, if I'm willing to go life of crime, if I'm willing to abandon all for money, then I might as well risk my life this way. Yeah, you know it's what the I'm same thing. Give it yeah. one more chance. Give it one I more feel chance. like if he's having such memory loss too, like he wakes up not knowing where he is, he's almost like, "Why do I keep getting fired? I'm just yeah. Don't, I'm coming to work every day now. I just keep getting fired. Like, what the fuck? Right." <laughs> So basically what happened was this group of prospectors in Packer's area had planned this trip to go out to the San Juan Mountains, and Packer eventually persuaded the men that they needed him, okay, and that he knew the area because he had been a guide there for many years, right? Many years, even though he's probably like 22. <laughs> uh, but this was just another lie of his and would ultimately lead to his group's demise, <laughs> foreshadowing. You always, you always need. I'm the, I'm the planner. I'm, I, yeah. you know, I'm the guy who kind of comes. I'm, I think on my feet. I come up. Right. Come on. You, you always need a guy <laughs> like me. me. You always need me. I'm the guy who's going to show you where to go. You need me. I guys. was raised in those mountains. <laughs> it's like, talking about. You merely embraced the mountains. <laughs> I was born there. I was born there. <laughs> but uh, another one of the prospectors, Preston Nutter, was traveling with the group, and he called Packer quote a whiny fraud. Also claiming he was stingy with rations and begged for everything and was also prone to violent outbursts when he didn't get his way. Oh, Nutter. Right? Why, why, what, you don't believe Nutter? That's a nut. Such believe, a Nutter. You don't believe old Preston Nutter? I kept thinking it was Professor Nutter and I was like, Nutty uh, Professor. <laughs> well, you know about these Nutters, man. <laughs> they nut everywhere. Yeah. Packer shenanigans on the trail really fucked things up for the group, as you can imagine, and significantly slowed down travel. And by the time the group reached the Mormon Trail, winter had set in, and it was covered in snow. Otherwise known as invisible. <laughs> but it's a good thing they got Packer, right? I yeah. mean, he is a tracker. He is. Packer the tracker. Here. He's been here his whole life. He's lived that's amongst right. these, these, these wilderness, and he is good to go. I mean, <laughs> that's oh, right. Oh, why, is he, why is he shaking? Why, uh, there he goes again. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, they're lucky they had Packer, right? The old Colorado guide at their side. Oh, wait, he was a fraud and just caused them to get even more loss. Even with the use of their compasses, it was beginning to look quite bleak. So bleak, in fact, that they were out of rations and the men resorted to eating horse feed, uh, which didn't provide much, you know, just before resorting to eating the horses themselves. So now they're on foot. Most of the horses are eating, what, you know, hay and oat, like dried oats yeah, and things I would, and I would stuff. say it's probably oats and hay, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get much out of that. I would have get, I would have not. much rather been like, let's just eat one of the horses and we're going to double up on one of them. Yeah, uh, eventually, I think they almost come to the point of eating horses when they stumble upon a Ute reservation. And the leader of this Ute reservation, Chief Uray, known as a friend to the white man, gave them shelter and food and told them that they could stay until the spring, warning the prospectors of the harsh winter ahead of them. But all the men could think about was the gold that awaited them in those mountains and how other miners were getting rich and taking what could have been theirs. So with full stomachs and now rested up, the men took off again in February. Well, also, they have Packer. He knows where yeah. he's going. Yes. Well, some of them do. When I say the men took off, not all of them. Some of them were, were a little more intelligent and decided to stay at the camp. But 11 of them ended up going off on search of gold 
Five of them went with Packer. So his group had six people. Okay. Okay. Like I said, half of the men decided to stay with the tribe and keep watch over the horses and wagons, while 11 of them left um, without the weight of all those supplies, you know, food and such. Travel light. You know, yeah, we travel light. It's only going to be two weeks. I mean, who needs food over two weeks? Um, but Fasting, Chief, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chief Uray tried to convince the men that it was a bad idea, but they just wouldn't be deterred. So he gave them food in the safest directions that he could, which were to follow the river. And the men set out. But old Packer knew better. He didn't need no stinking directions. He was a real man. A real stupid man. I've got my own map. He just pulls out a crayon drawn map. <laughs> right. But somehow he was still able to convince five of the 11 men to follow him because, quote, he knew the area very well. You know, we've heard that before. Yeah, you can sell a lot with confidence. You really can. You really can. Uh, the rest of the men had learned their lesson and decided to stick with the chief's directions, which we stated before, which were to follow the Gunnison River. This would ultimately ensure their survival. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it was that they trusted the chief, but more so that they just straight up they were just tired of Packer's bullshit. But the chief's suggestion obviously ended up being the best way because if you follow the river, you can fish. Yes, and the river is going to at least lead you to, mention, to other things. You have water. Yes. Water only. <laughs> it's, it's flowing one way. It's either going to lead you to the coast. Yeah, but Packer thought, you know, following the river, that's going to take too long, blah, 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 this and that. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're dead. I just, this, but this is Packer like that. Packer had uh, ulterior motives for this whole trip, in my opinion, and we'll get to that. This is like that, that, that Stephen King moment in the book, or like the movie or whatever, where it's like, oh, I wouldn't go that way. They're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're group went this way. Yeah. And you're like, you're still gonna go that way? Okay, okay. all right, go with on, that then. guy. Okay, all right. Hey, it's that one guy. It's your funeral. <laughs> Don't want to go up there, huh? Yeah, exactly. But with Packer or without Packer, the Gunnison River group weren't very successful either. Nearly dying of starvation. I don't know how. I mean, they had fish, right? Maybe they just weren't good fishermen, didn't have the right equipment. Um, but they were found by some cattle hands and given a place to camp and food to get back on their feet. This time, though, they decided the winter was just too much and that they would wait it out until April when the weather was better. Isn't that the group that decided to leave without supplies, though? Yeah, well, both of these groups did. Okay, well, yeah, either way, it's like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get food along the way. Yeah. Did you bring a fishing rod? Oh, wait, we got a... Oh, oh, you brought a net, Shirley. Oh, oh, wow, okay. Wait, who's Shirley? No, I didn't, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah, who's Shirley? Uh, <laughs> but meanwhile, back with Packer the Tracker was Shannon Bell... James Humphrey, Frank Miller, Georgia Noon, and Israel Swan. Now, these men had no idea that they had already sealed their fates. They had set out through the treacherous mountain path with minimal provisions and rations that would last about two weeks. Now, the area that they were trying to reach was about 75 miles away. So to make that hike in two weeks, they would have to have to cover five miles a day in the worst possible weather conditions, sometimes a straight-up snowstorm. Five miles a day in the best weather conditions on foot is tough for me. So I'm just <laughs> that doesn't whew, sound fun, is... right? <laughs> but back then you're used to you're used to walking, right? Oh, I'm yeah, sure they took did. a few horses. Yeah, they didn't have Teslas back then. There was no, no. segways getting them around. No. Now what went down next, as far as step by step, is somewhat lost to history or to interpretation. But two months later, on April sixth, we'll try to fill it in the best we can. I'll just let you know. But two months later, on April 16th, 1874, Packer appears on a frozen lake bed, half dead, at the Los Pinos Indian Agency. He was wearing rags for shoes as he had burst through the door of the mess hall. He begged for food and water, which they quickly obliged. All Packer had, besides his worn clothes, were a rifle, a knife, a steel pot, and a satchel. Well, that they knew of. Okay. Because Packer was unable to hold down any food, the tribe assumed he was suffering from refeeding syndrome, resulting from prolonged starvation. But there was something else going on here. Uh, yeah, I mean, they thought, you know, if you go that long uh, without food, you can't just introduce a ton of calories into your body immediately. Oh, no, you know, your body will go into shock. So, like, over the course of, like, 10 days, I think I found in research, over the course of 10 days, you have to eat small amounts of food until your body learns to, to kind of... You're still yeah. going to feel like you're starving for 10 days. Like, you should. 
Yeah. You're just barely eating enough basically to keep you alive. Yeah, because it's like it's body. now t- it's now training your body to stop like basically eating itself yeah. and go back to eating the calories you're giving it. Exactly. So yeah, it's like I remember that was I remember li- reading back in history about when they were like, you know, liberating all the Holocaust camps and yeah. things like that of having to like slowly just like you're seeing all these people who are just starving skeletons. Right, right. And you're like, yes, I, we want to feed them, but it's like you can only get like they had to give them such small portions. It's yes, like, exactly. If we were just to open the trunk up it, like the uh, the truck, they were they would die. They would just eat themselves and die and throw up. And, mm-hmm. and it's so, the yeah. same way with extreme uh, dehydration. You know, like it's uh, if, if you're extremely dehydrated, you can't even drink water. Like you have to splash it on your skin. It's like you almost need to soak someone in water. Yeah, it's like you osmosis. Know, first. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, since Packer wasn't able to hold anything down, they decided to give him some whiskey. And that ended up being just the thing to get Packer talking. And boy, did he talk. Man, that's so old-fashioned right there. Right? Seriously. Just give him some whiskey. We don't know what the hell else to do. Uh, Uh, It'll make him sleep regardless. Right. But he explained he was a hired guide for five men and had become snowblind. And because of that, now he was no longer longer of use to the other men, you know, like he was before. Ah, great. Outlive my usefulness now. (laughs) Yes, you have. A long time ago. Anyway, so they gave him a rifle and basically wished him good luck as they abandoned him on the snowy wilderness. He survived on roots and rosebuds. This is still his story. This is what happened to him, okay? Rosebud. <laughs> right. But this, this group here, this tribe, didn't know the pathological liar that was Alfred Packer. And they believed every word. I mean, why? what reason do they have to doubt him, right? Yeah, a crazy man comes bursting through your doors dressed yeah. like he was living in the wilderness for a while. Uh, right. Starving, right? Yeah, it's not an unbelievable story for the time. Right. Although they were somewhat suspicious. I'd be, you know, we'd be lying if we said they weren't somewhat suspicious because they noticed that he didn't look malnourished even in the slightest. He looked healthy and his face really looked plumped and had color. Um, Not like someone who had been starving for two months in the mountains. It's like, how fat were you before they left? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) God, you were the (laughs) thickest guide we've ever seen out here in the Colorado wilderness. Right. But regardless, uh, you know, they couldn't prove anything. So they let him stay and recover at the camp for about 10 days, during which Packer sells his rifle to the Justice of Peace in exchange for $10, which is about $280 today. God, inflation's a bitch, huh? Right. With plans of heading back to Pennsylvania. Uh, that's where Packer's headed. Man, is he running from something, you think? I mean, looks like he's I just mean, trying to... You he just take wants this? to get you back home. This? I, I, I yeah. don't need this. You want to take yeah, this? you want to take this? I just want money. Um, but anyway, he traveled to a nearby town of Sawatch to get some supplies, but ended up just spending a shit ton of money, really, dropping hundreds of dollars in, in saloons and even loaning the owner of, this, of one saloon $300 which would equate to about $7,185 today. So you can see how a newcomer in town throwing around this type of money raised some serious red flags. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what was in that satchel? Exactly. Right? What, where did you Apparently come... this satchel was full of fucking cash. What, what kind of roots did you find out <laughs> <Right>. there? <laughs> kind of rosebuds you got in there. <laughs> kind of rosebuds in my ass. It was great because the first time in the script that, or when he wrote the timeline originally, it said salons. I was like, this yeah. man went to town and just got decked <laughs> out, went to the salons, got his hair did. Really? Like, all his pictures look really nice. His hair is all greased. Up. I was yeah. like, man, he did spend a you lot could... of money in the salons. But Michael <laughs> corrected it the first time. I was like, that, yeah. that was great. I'm glad you could you could make fun of a typo in my script yeah, just, that no just, one would know otherwise. Thank but it just so made me, that. I was like, man, he spent, I was like, that's, that really does cause yeah. some red flags when a guy just comes into town and just goes to the, fir- like, right? goes to the salon and Immediately just gets, gets his hair up. <laughs> like, why did that was your first stop? Thought you were starving you in the wilderness. You immediately got your mustache curled. <laughs> you immediately got your hair greased. Uh, and... <laughs> but yeah, so people were very curious about this money and how he acquired it. And when explaining his story and how he came across this money, he'd tell very different versions, often getting his facts, uh, you know, mixed up. And things really started to get dicey for him when an original surviving member of the prospectors group caught up with him in town. And started asking questions about the rest of his group. That's always a great... (sighs) Shit. Yeah. Unfortunately for Packer, uh, he encountered several men from the original group in that town who were highly skeptical about the versions of his events, to put it lightly. So much so, they almost immediately got the law involved. So yeah, like basically that whole other group 
mm-hmm. came through that town together. Of course. I mean, like, it was the closest town. Yeah. They were they almost looking for their friends. Like, hey, where yeah. they, they haven't shown up. It's been like two or three months now. Yeah. Like, where have and they gone? They, and then they stumble upon Packer. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Frickin' Packer. I just imagine right. that first guy he sees just across the, like, just at the, like, the mess hall being, like, just looking up, like, shit. Yep. <laughs> it's like, is that you? Is that you, son of a bitch? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell my boys. <laughs> exactly. So, Indian agent Charles Adams got involved, and he arrested Packer and brought him back to Los Pinos for questioning. And finally, on May 8th, 1874, we got to hear Packer... Conflict, uh, Packard's quite conflicting confessions, which basically boil down to this. Israel Swan died first, and the others, not Packer, of course, right. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't eat people, uh, who were obviously, the others who were obviously starving, decided to eat Israel Swan. Then later, three others died from exposure and starvation, you know, just later. And, uh, yeah, some, you know, some... since the cannibalistic band-aid had already been ripped off, yeah. they Packer admitted to killing the last member, uh, Shannon Bell, uh, claiming self-defense, of course, and his body was no no doubt used as nourishment as well. All right. Well, if the other two had died, why didn't you just eat them? If they died of yeah. natural causes. So this is, yeah, this is the first lie. Yeah. It's like, um, okay. There so... are some truths about this statement, I think, um, but we'll, we'll break it down as we go because we're going to go over some more, some more uh, testimonies from Mr. Uh, Packer here. So, Agent Charles Adams, though, he had heard enough. I mean, this is already a pretty damning story already. It's like, just saying this, if this ends up being the truth, you're still going to prison. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, But Agent Charles Adams had heard enough. So, he transported Packer back to Sawatch and had him jailed outside of town. But in August of 1874, Packer, the sneaky bastard, escaped custody and went on the run. And what a run it was. It was a freaking nine-year run, dude. And here's what's funny. Um, Catch me if you can. His escape is highly suspicious, okay? So much so that, you know, like I said, uh, he was kept outside of town. Yeah. The townspeople townspeople thought that, that there was no reason in keeping him. They thought that keeping prisoners like Packer, where you had no proof and he had explanations for everything and they were out in the wilderness, blah, 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 this and that. They thought if you don't have any proof to hold him, we shouldn't be paying for it. Yeah, why okay? is he? Why is he now our? So burden? there was a large group of people who kind of came to his rescue and freed him. Okay, almost um, like a jailbreak some, or like yeah. a petition type. And deal. somebody in particular, somebody snuck him a key and gave him money, gave him money and food, so he could make an escape. Somebody helped Packer. He left that jail prepared for a run. Yeah, so okay. don't we can't be too impressed here. He, he didn't Shawshank this. No, he, he either bribed somebody or, like I said, maybe somebody felt that strongly about their tax dollars going to hold that, that they freed him. But I think more so a man who just spent thousands of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So he, or hundreds of dollars, which equates to thousands nowadays. A man who's throwing around hundreds of dollars probably has plenty of money still left over, or at least knows where it is, to bribe somebody. Or, or has the wherewithal to lie about it, at least. Yeah, to at least tell them, I got money outside, and if you get me out, I can yeah. get you the rest of that money. Yeah. He is a pathological liar, so... Yes, exactly. So, he goes on a nine-year run. No joke. Like, I feel like they almost forget about him. And at that... this point in history, I'm surprised they didn't. <laughs> I know, seriously. He, he Packer wasn't seen again until March of 1883. When Frenchie Cabazon, who was one of the original prospecting party, found him by accident in Douglas, Wyoming. Again, just across yes. the buffet just line. Like, just son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Yeah, interesting tidbit. On the day Packer escaped from Sawatch, the remains of the missing prospectors were found in a valley that overlooks what is now Lake City, Colorado. And even though months had passed, there was still clear evidence of a struggle and most of all, foul play. The analysis was conclusive and stated that there were defensive wounds on some of the victims and clear evidence that they had been attacked by a hatchet and strategically defleshed by a knife. Um, today, okay. th- today, the grave site is marked and fenced as a tribute to the murdered men. Okay, and yes, I said the grave site because all five men were found in the same place. Explain that, Mr. Packer. Yeah, I thought that you guys had one person died, mm-hmm. so you 
killed them and ate or you ate their body uh-huh. and moved on and you were you were lost in the will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We'll come were back you, to that. Were you keep were you dragging them behind? Like, right. Seriously. I mean, I understand they were a food source, but you just stayed there with them like you did. I don't know. So anyways, we'll we'll talk more about that later. But back to March of 1883 when Packer was accidentally found again, right? Packer was arrested and taken to Denver, Colorado, and once again questioned about the incident. In his second confession, Packer stuck with his original claim of self-defense, but admitted to stealing the rifle and $70 in cash. Yeah, right, $70 from the dead men. I mean, that's a lot of money back then. $70 Dude, he spent cash. more than $70 at the first bar he went to. He, he blew $300. See oh, what I'm yeah. Saying? So, like, okay. so, yeah, there's no freaking way. That's probably just all he had left at the time. Oh, okay. That's all he brought. Or unless he had stole more previously at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but strangely enough, Packer ended up being charged with the murder of Israel Swan only, um, who was the first to die and was quickly taken to the Lake City for trial. Taken to Lake City uh, for trial. They didn't want to. They didn't want to risk his ass getting out again. Honestly, no. they're like, we're not even going to hold you. We're like, we're just going. We're just going to trial. It's like you know, the first time we you know, had like, our we're doubts. We're working late today. Let's just go ahead and take. <laughs> yeah, we had our doubts the first time, but then we found uh, like a pile of bodies in this ravine yeah. and like hatchet wounds and yeah, like a trail. Yeah, just get in the just get in the cell. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's some damning evidence. Uh, the jury wasted no time in finding Packer guilty of murder. I mean, just imagine the character witnesses. I mean, he was screwed, dude. Just all those people who came back, the other group, yeah. the other five that went out and ended up in that town, mm-hmm. you know all of them testified, and they had nothing good to say about Packer from the fir- in the first place. And then now he shows up with their friends' belongings yeah. or belongings from other people in the group that they knew belonged to these other people, and mm-hmm. he has multiple things. Yeah. You know? And now they know that there's, there's like they found all their bodies together in one exactly. spot. It's like, oh yeah, we know you killed. Her. You, we know you killed them. Yeah, we so, didn't trust you to begin with. You were no. leading us down to nowhere. A massacre happened here. Um, and ju- but uh, Judge Melville B. Jerry, am I saying that right? Melville B. Jerry. That is <laughs> well, a very that is a name right there, bro. Melville B. Jerry. Melville, well, Melville B. Jerry. Look who it is. Dang, <laughs> that sounds like a phrase. I might, I might start using that. Uh, but that was the judge's name. <laughs> and he wasted no time with the sentencing, uh, pronouncing that Packer, quote, be hanged by the neck until he is dead, dead, dead. Three deads. Oh, that's that classic old school dead, dead, dead. K- K- Kentucky Southern lawyer. I hang you by the neck until you are dead, <laughs> dead, dead, dead. It's like, even the good Lord couldn't bring him back. He's so dead. You're so dead. You know what? Kill him again. Bring him back and kill him again. And bring him back and kill him a third time. <laughs> but unfortunately, like an armored cockroach, uh, Packer wasn't going down that easy. He really was not. He was a tough little pest. And he appealed his conviction to the Colorado Supreme Court and actually got the verdict reversed. Oh, I thought you meant he just started like just throwing elbows in the courtroom and just no, swinging. No, he went about it legally. Like an and, armored cockroach. And actually got away. No, I was okay. just saying, because, you know, a cockroach that's armored, if you can't squash it, how are you going to kill it? You know? Exactly. Yeah, fire. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I just like, uh, like I an armored cockroach. Just imagine it's going to be like, a lot of fire. <laughs> and just starts fighting in the, in the, in the courtroom. <laughs> I will not go down. So, yeah. So he was tried. Uh, in the Colorado Supreme Court, got it reversed, then was tried again. I guess people brought, I guess they didn't believe in double jeopardy back then. Or maybe he was tried for different murders. Maybe that was the thing. You know, the first time it was Israel Swan. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were like, oh, we'll just bring up somebody else. Oh, yeah, we got We're, we're going to get him eventually. Um, so, yeah, later he was tried again, and this time found guilty again. Um, you know, it was this whole boring court thing. Well, except for the part where a member of the Ute tribe comes running in with strips of, quote, white man's meat that he found in the area that Packer had camped. Was like, it labeled properly? Like, <laughs> it, it was. It was, in a, it was in a little baggie. Yeah. Uh, white meat, dark meat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is clearly the white man's meat. Apparently, it was cut into strips that somebody would be preserving. Okay. Right? So, the only thing I, oh, I just, the only question I have about oh, that yeah. is just old, being you just like, have one question well, no, about it's that. like, unless the skin was still on it, it's, if that guy comes, it's like, this is definitely white man meat. It's like, how do you know? There's no skin on that. How do you? Don't worry about it, Andy. <laughs> how do you, Don't how are you so sure it. that this is, <laughs> we have more questions for you. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, something I, something I read quite, quite often actually was that Packer enjoyed the chest meat. And, you know, I mean, these guys weren't bodybuilders, so I'm sure they didn't have, like, huge chests. 
So, you know, maybe he had slivers of the chest meat. Mm. I know this sounds gross, but he did talk about how he thought it was like a delicacy type thing. So maybe the skin was still there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you got that breast meat. And honestly, you know, the skin would help preserve it as well. Like if you were hunting deer, you know, and you're cutting slabs off and you can't take the whole deer to process, you're going to leave the skin to like roll it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a super morbid conversation, but, you know, it's a genuine question. Like how did they know it was white man's meat, right? Uh, it just tastes that way. Because you know, they had said just, that the it's bodies... It's unseasoned. Well, they had said that the bodies had looked like they had been de-skinned. Or like the... Yeah, bo- like yeah, the, yeah. There was evidence of people being basically skinned. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, was the skin still on it? Or did you right. just find, you know, chunks of meat somewhere? Well, or I don't know. Either way, the court bought it. So with that new evidence, Packer now has some explaining to do. So he basically told a story of a group of men plotting against one another uh, for who was going to be eaten first. And it ended up... Luck would have it. It ended up being Israel Swan, the wealthiest guy of the group. Can you yeah. imagine that? He just had That's to draw so... the shortest draw. Uh, well, no, he just died. He, he just, just died he first. Just, it was just, just lucky. And uh, then, you know, as and, luck would have it. And you know, the right thing to do would be divide up his thousands of dollars that he came on the trip with. Six thousand dollars, by the way, according to Israel Swan's family, he went on the trip with six thousand dollars. And the group, the other five men, divided that up. Okay. Um, also he had a custom rifle. I don't, I don't know how it was custom. I don't know wh- why. I mean, I guess cause he's rich and he probably paid for it, but okay. it was a really nice rifle. They took that. Well, Packer did. And, uh, yeah, like I said, he was traveling with thousands of dollars. So not really strange that he ended up dying first. I imagine Packer probably killed him and then was trying to convince the others, look, look, now we have resources. Now we have money. Like now we have another rifle. Like yeah. now, and we have meat. I kind of feel like he was just kind of had that look of like he was like, what? whoa, 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 why what? are you mad at me? Right. How is this a crime? Like, also, um, Israel Swan was the oldest member of the excursion at I think sixty-five years old. He was okay. over sixty. He that's, was over sixty. That's old for a cross-country trip back then, especially yeah. on foot. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not an easy thing. Um, but each of the men, um, basically had been struck. This is according to Packer. Each one after him, after Israel Swan, had been struck by a hatchet in the head and devoured until it was down to just two. This is the story he's sticking with right now. And the two were Alfred Packer and uh, Bell. Hey, what was Bell's first name? I can't remember either. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Alexander. No, it's not Alexander. It's not Alexander Graham Bell. not Alexander Graham Bell. It is Shannon Bell. Shannon Bell. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. But Packer claims that Shannon Bell rushed him with his rifle and tried to strike Packer with the stock of the gun. Now, I believe this may have happened. Yeah. Because there is evidence that Bell died last. Okay? And maybe he had enough of Packer's shit and was literally trying to stand up to him. But either way, Packer dodges the blow, according to him, and struck Bell in the head with, you guessed it, his hatchet. He then, having no other choice, consumed Bell. Because he's out there alone, right? No other choice. And, you know, keeping a few extra strips of flesh for travel, which he still had with him when he spotted the Los Pinos Indian Agency, he quickly, and by his own account, regrettably, threw the strips of flesh into a bush or in the woods somewhere. And that is how the Ute member came across them and then uh, brought them into okay. court. Okay, so that's how he explained that. Just hoping a bear would find them or something. Yeah. So with that, he was convicted of manslaughter. I guess that's all they could prove. Um, and he was sentenced to 40 years in the state penitentiary. But after serving only 17 years of his sentence, Packer's cause gained support from a grassroots campaign in Denver. And I guess due to public pressure, in 1901, Governor Charles S. Thomas granted Packer parole. Well, I can see how there is. I mean, it's it's an old, you know, an old yeah. Civil War era tale where there's no witnesses right? but this guy. And it's... Yeah, yeah, it's one. It's a weird story to be like. I, yeah, that's the evidence points one way, but the story. Ah, okay. Right? I, I know, man. It's tough. Unless he really set out and wanted to eat somebody, you know, a lot of people. Then I just I can't see doing it. Did it on purpose. He is selfish. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's obviously a selfish person, and he's willing to do whatever he's got to do to survive. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if he deserves to be in there forty years or not. I don't know. Being in that situation, I mean, what would you do? But So now a free man, Packer settled into Littleton, Colorado, where, uh, by all accounts, he became a model citizen. His neighbors actually loved him. Uh, a number of people in the Littleton and Deer Creek Canyon area remember him quite kindly. 
they say Packer liked children, and they were children at the time. So, you know, they would know, I guess. Um, <laughs> it has been recorded that children followed Packer, quote, like the Pied Piper. I'm That's not sure mm. this is good. I don't know. It's uh, so great. It's yeah, so great. I don't really know if this is good things. <laughs> so uh, great. But <laughs> I was trying to balance this out. It just ended up sounding creepy. <laughs> Uh, one account states that when Packer died, he was mourned by the children for whom he had bought candy and spun yarns for in his declining years. Hey, kids, you want to hear a story about how I hated that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Here's some butterscotch. Just pull up a stool. I'm making a cross stitch of it right now. Come on. <laughs> you guys know what butt meat tastes like? <laughs> Anyways, Fred Clark, a former resident of Phillipsburg and one-time owner uh, of the dance hall there, now living in Littleton, uh, described Packer as, quote, Oh, you want to you come in with this guy? You want to be uh, Mr. Uh, Fred Clark for us? Owner of the dance hall, Fred yeah. Clark? How did he describe Packer? <laughs> he was kind of short, black whiskers, and his hair was a little long, but yeah. not too long, mm-hmm. and it seemed to have awfully piercing black eyes. Oh, that's the owner of the dance hall. <laughs> that's that's perfect. I, I don't think it's that type of dance hall, Andy. I think it's like a, a disco, like a saloon. <laughs> you know, it's like a four square type thing. I would think. I'm just imagining a lot of back then. So, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of raven back then. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, a lot same of black, beat, same beat, different music. A lot of strobe lights. Yeah, probably. Yeah, pack. Uh, uh, the guy with the epilepsy really liked the raves. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a quote from another Littleton resident named William Couch. Packer lived between the store and the dance hall. There were four slab buildings there then. He worked on ranches. He was an awful nice man. When I was a kid, he used to talk my he used to talk to my dad. Uh, he did what he did to protect himself. He was never the kind of man they say he was. Uh, wow. I guess maybe. <laughs> what do you think? I don't really know because I feel like I, I feel like he probably. Took me... matters into his own hands a bit, but yes. maybe not as much self-defense as he claims. Okay, this is what I think. I think by the time they settled at that Ute reservation and hung out for a couple months mm-hmm. trying to wait the winter out, but not really, yeah. and then they decide to go, right? I think at that time, he's thinking, anybody I can get to come with me, I'm going to kill and rob them and then try to make a new way in a new town. Possibly. I, I do. I think from that point mm-hmm. that he knew that the gold was unrealistic. True. He's like, we're not going to get the gold. If we wait till spring, it's going to be gone. Yeah. And if we go now, we're going to die. So why don't we go now? I'll kill these guys that I go with, take their stuff, live off of their bodies. Because he, there were rumors that he had done it before, that he had tasted flesh before. Mm. Okay. There were people in his life that stated that that he had talked about consuming flesh to them before. So I don't know if it was during the war. Well, no, he didn't even get in the war, really. No, he didn't get to actually go through combat. any time in the war. So I, who knows? Sheesh. Uh, who I, knows, man? I, I, my, my theory was a bit different. My theory was, okay, I don't think he, I don't think he originally planned on killing and eating and, or, and robbing them. Even, even when they're out there in the snow? I think it, after the reservation, once they get to the reservation and they kind of, I think he probably has realized, I, I, I really don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to get back. I don't, I don't know if he ever realized that, Andy. Well, I feel like at this point when the group have. when the group is splitting off, yeah. he's like, I've got to go with like I gotta convince somebody to go with me because if I get lost by myself, I'm yeah. I'm dead. Right, so I have right. to convince somebody to go with me because if I have an, if I have a seizure, if I pass out, yes. like they won't like I won't just die out there alone. Well then I think once he convinces these guys to go with him, mm-hmm. they get really tired of looking at him going, Where are we going? And him just, you know, turning the map every once in a while. Yeah. And they finally start calling him out on his bullshit. I think I feel like they probably just threatened to leave him. I feel uh-huh. like they were like, you know what? You get out of here. We're going this way. Yeah. You get on your own. And then he, there was probably some, well, I'll die on my own. Take me with you. And then I feel like there was some murder after that. Yeah. I'm I feel sure. like once they, fo- I feel like they probably tried to kick him out of the group. And then he was like, you know what? I'll just kill now, you all see- and take your shit. Yes. Now, one of his statements it did include that. It did include the fact that he was the victim. They they left him, right? And this is just one of his many stories. They left him somewhere. They were like, uh, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They sent him for help because they blamed him for being lost. Right. So they said you, they gave him a rifle, you know, mm-hmm. the rifle he was, that he yeah, had, of the, course. The nice How custom rifle. Of course. Yeah. Because Israel Swan would definitely do that. Gave him his rifle and told him to go hunt and find meat. When he came back, Shannon Bell had killed 
the four other men and had meat in his hand. And when Packer approached him about it, he tried to attack him. The same thing that he said before with the butt of the gun. He dodges it, hatchet to the head. Now, a lot of the skulls do show did have hatchet wounds to mm-hmm. the head. I've seen and, some of like the pictures said, on there as well. They yes. actually found the skulls with legit yes. like hatchet blows. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And the bones had scrape marks. And also, you know, there was remains left that had more meat on them than ones that were killed after them. Mm. That's kind of damning as well. Yeah. It's like, okay, you still had plenty meat of meat on left. this guy, but you're killing people still. Yeah. So that leads more to the fact that they may have all been killed at one time. It's kind of crazy that Packer would have been able to take on four of them, though. I think it, it may have been like a nighttime thing. Maybe he tried to like you know kill them at night while they were sleeping or hit or, or something in the dark with a hatchet. Because well, that's the most quiet way he could have done it. If he could get you know trying to get one good hit to the head, you he think might out there in the wilderness with no freaking sounds. Yeah, you, know, you might mean, have got maybe lot. in a snowstorm. Exactly, that's why yeah. I'm thinking he may have tried to hide it and try to be sneaky about it. And I feel like the last person, Bell, probably was the only one who was left alive and had seen him already kill someone and then tried to fight him. And yeah. then he got hatcheted as well. Right, right. But yeah, I feel like there. I don't feel like he. I don't feel like there was as much self-defense as he likes to claim. I don't feel like they kicked him out because of, oh, you were snowblind. You're no more used to us. I think it was more like, you got us out yeah. here and you got us lost. Yep. We're fucking leaving you. Oh, yeah. The snowblind thing was such bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Like, like I said, we really don't know, but we do know that a struggle went down all in one place. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that rules out a lot of his bullshit right there. The fact oh, yeah. that, you know, guys were killed as they needed food, as they traveled. It's like, okay, so you killed a guy. Why aren't you, you know, how often do you need to eat a human? It's like every, God, well, every they were five only, days, they were right? only So gone you should for be two five months. days further ahead. Yeah, he was only gone for two months. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there's five people or whatever, and then one person dies, but you're only gone for, you know, 60 days. Yeah. You had some supplies. Mm-hmm. How, how, like, how much did you eat off of that first body? Yeah. Before you're like, well, out already. I guess we need uh, who's who needs seconds. Like, were, yeah, were you right. just buffeting who's the first be person? Seconds? Yeah, like, were you just all yeah. you can eating the first body? Oh. I don't know, man. I got yeah. Well, that's the, why it's one that's passed down through folklore and folklore and legend and legend, man. Because it's it's just a crazy story. It really is. We'll have to watch the musical. See how much they got right. Oh my god, they got nothing right in that fucking <laughs> musical. We were watching the trailer to a musical made from uh, Seth Parker, Trey Parker, and uh, Matt Stone of South Park. Mm-hmm. Apparently, made a spoof movie about. Wouldn't you say it's, it's a? It's called yeah, like the cannibal, the or, cannibal, the musical. It's called the cannibal, the musical. <laughs> Alfred Packer, and yeah. like it said, Trace Trey Parker stars in it as Alfred Packer. And uh, yeah, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let Andy watch it um, because I can't waste my life with that. And he can tell us about it. <laughs> Absolutely, in a future yeah. In a future JTB or something like that. But yeah, it was one of the first things I looked up, like documentaries on Alfred Packer. I saw like Cannibal, the musical. <laughs> what? And I like, started watching. I was like, oh, this is this is all well, I need to study. <laughs> he found it from, uh, I told him, he was like, is there anything? Because, you know, sometimes I'll have Andy pull up stuff for the show, whether it be sound bits or pictures or, you know, things I want him to read. And he was like, is there anything you want me to pull up today? And I was like, well, you know, you can see if there's some quotes from Alfred Packer or something like that that we can that we that's not in the timeline. And he found the lines to this play, <laughs> to this script. And I, I was like, started looking at him. I was like, yeah, he definitely didn't say that shit. <laughs> he didn't say, he didn't say, I think I know precisely what I mean when I say it's a shabadoinkle day. <laughs> shabadoinkle? Shabadoinkle the- type of day. Shabadoinkle. You don't think he really said that, Andy? Yeah, it sounds like an Andy Samberg line. <laughs> Shorty dog. <laughs> Can only hear that on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well, what else you got on there? What's another? What's another golden line that you have from old Alfred Packer in the movie? Just hey. to give you guys an idea. Hey, you're cutting into the butt. Well, what kind of meat did you want? Well, not butt. <laughs> Start with the shoulder. You son of a bitch, Humphrey. Know. Oh, come on. You haven't even tried it yet. Tries it. You son of a, a bitch, bitch, Humphrey. <laughs> This is delicious. No. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, Alfred Packer, I don't know if I mentioned it. I don't think I have. Me and Andy went off on a few tangents here. But uh, the lucky bastard ended up dying of natural causes, April 23rd, 1907, and was buried with a full military funeral in Littleton Cemetery. 
He was honorably discharged because of uh, medical yeah, conditions. So. He was medically, he was honorably discharged twice. You get, uh, do we get two funerals? It's like two? a 42 gun salute. Damn. Two flags. <laughs> yeah. You get a 42 <laughs> gun salute and 40. <laughs> this is going to take a while. Hold on. Right. <laughs> At the time it was muskets, so Jesus. Right. <laughs> oh, no, it's 1907 at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got rifles, man. They're good. They're good. But yeah, guys, uh, the son of a bitch ended up just living out a normal life. It's that's that's what's crazy about it, really. The life he lived, and then what he ended up doing. But no, he wasn't an outlaw on the run. You know, this was an isolated incident, as far as we know. Um, so I guess it's not that surprising that he eventually got out. But uh, I mean, he did just, escape from jail and live nine years on the run though yeah, so they with didn't, help and it's like they almost didn't even include that in his charges when they came back to like try him again they were like oh yeah we know you got out but we're just kind of trying you for the murder well like, because i really uh, care that i escaped because a lot okay, of people okay. were <laughs> i think a lot of people were involved in that escape I really oh yeah do. absolutely i mean there's no how do you get to wyoming you know what I mean? He ain't got no money. He ain't got, you, ain't got, you don't got shit. How the hell did you get there? You got out. You just walked out of this cabin. There was no even like, you know, like Andy said, it was not Shawshank Redemption. He, he didn't dig out. He didn't bust out. He didn't blow it up. He just walked out the door. Somebody unlocked the damn door and then gave him the resources and everything he needed to get to Wyoming. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think he just, somebody just, you know, handed him a cake through the through the slide. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> here's your dessert. There you go. Chew it slowly. Just don't eat it all in one bite. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And don't eat all your Oh My Gaia deodorant in one bite either. Right, you Andy? You know what? You're going to never gonna let me live that down. I am never going <laughs> to let you live that down. One time Andy ate Oh My Gaia. Uh, if you guys don't know what Oh My Gaia is, it's, it's an innovative all-natural deodorant fragrance and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. And their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while still maintaining effectiveness. And at Oh My Gaia, there is surely a scent for you. Even really? you, Shirley. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. The, oh, no, no, there's a scent for you. Uh, from vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian musk, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber, swear, pear, sweet pea, sailor, barbershop, and of course, true crime pine. Oh, true crime pine. Of course. I feel like I should be pointing at things like yeah. popping up on the screen, like, <laughs> bing, bing, like whitening it. Just <laughs> ding. Ding, ding. Yeah, we'll just make it really difficult for Kristen. How quick are your reflexes? Uh, right, exactly. But if you guys don't know where to start, start with some true crime pine deodorant. It's a great place to test the amazing quality of Oh My Gaia. And because you're true crime guys listeners, you can use the code word creeper for 15% off your order. C-R-E-E-P-E-R for 15% off at shop underscore oh my guy on Instagram or ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A dot com. And again, use code word creeper, guys. All right. And guys, one other thing we want to talk about is our other sponsor for this show. Yes. Is Tonic CBD. We got to. Because guys, you know, we like to vibe around here. We have a good vibe going on. We know it's a different dynamic, it's but it's still a good dynamic. vibe. You know, because all not, it's true, not all CBD products are created equal. From how the hemp is grown and processed to how it's formulated and delivered into your body. That's sweet body. You got to get it in there. <laughs> That's why Tonic's products really stand out with original formulas using CBD, adaptogens, herbs, and superfoods, and has been working to deliver the most effective, intentional, and sustainable products that are possible. Tonic cultivates their own hemp on a certified organic family farm in upstate New York. That hemp travels only 30 minutes to their distribution center, where it's uh, turned into a finished product and sent directly to you, our creepers, yes. ensuring the only the highest quality vibes for every stage of your enjoying process. That's With right. values rooted in quality, integrity, and sustainability, just like us here at True Crime Guys, Integrity. Tonic is committed to creating plant-based wellness products that are good for the people and good for this here planet. Mm-hmm. Visit tonicvibes.com to learn more and use code word CREEPER for oh, okay. 20% off your order. That's code word CREEPER, CREEPER. for 20% off your order at tonicvibes.com. Very good job, Andy. I'm getting better. I'm going to have this memorized like I'm like a professional. Me. I've been doing Oh My Guy ad so long, and I still feel like I need to have it up for some reason. I don't know why. I just... It's just tattooed down your wrist, yeah. like down your arm, like a checklist. <laughs> all the Surprise sense. It's not like burned in my retinas by this point. He's got all the sense, um, like a grocery list on his arm. Every time she makes a new one, he's got to go get new ink. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you discontinue what? Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, guys, please check out our sponsors, Oh My Gaia and Tonic CBD. There are links to both of their websites right below the description of this episode with the code word uh, spelled out right beside the link. 
which is Creeper, of course. And yeah, guys, check out some of that tonic stuff. I know we always kind of read these ads at the end, but I've been using a lot of this stuff lately with some of their yeah. CBD dog treats for my, my German Shepherd. The dog treats? Dude, they, they do, they <laughs> generally help him chill. I have a big, yeah. anxious, just nervous wreck of a, of a big black German Shepherd. And I've given him these little, you know, tonic dog treats and they yeah, just kind of help him out. chill out. They give him one every day, like a little four milligram yeah. dog treat. He seems to like them. I've been using some of the tonic chill vibes mm -hmm. before bed. Generally helped me sleep. So yeah. I, I, it's got my seal of approval and Vader's. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Imperial seal now. Exactly. Exactly. And Andy was telling me the other day he was getting low on his supply and he had a dog treat and it was a great experience. Right, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> But guys, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, please go give us a follow, a like, uh, whatever on social media at True Crime Guys. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. New videos are every single Wednesday, as well as uh, every so often there will be a strange episode of Strange Shorts with myself and Andy as well. Um, but don't forget to check out Patreon, patreon.com slash truecrimeguys, where for just five bucks a month, you can get access to everything we make on TCG Productions. And, uh, you know, if you want to try it out first, you can try out Patreon on the $2 tier for free for seven whole days. Seven days. One week of listening content, and that will get you access to 70-something Patreon-exclusive episodes um, of True Crime Guys proper, as well as 50 Vault episodes. So then if, if you step up to the $5 tier, then you get access to things like Just the Banter, uh, Sandu Stories, Strange Shorts, Higher Thoughts, all that extra stuff on there. All right. So guys, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week for one more case. And then it's Patreon, I believe. I think you're is that, right, Michael. Is that right? I believe you are right. And it's, it's good to have like one of these old Actually, one of these I old think next week is Patreon. We got one of these old cases, kind of like a palate yeah. cleanser in here. I like these. I like when we get to have a little bit of a old mystery and yeah. guessing games and stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of a break from the, 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 the bloody slaughter stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to that bloody slaughter stuff pretty soon. Um, but next week, we will be on Patreon. I'm, I'm confirming that right now. Next week, we will be on Patreon. We are covering the kidnapping um, of Adolf Coors, the uh, Coors beer... Yeah, the heir to the Coors. Heir, yeah. Yes. Heir yes. Coors. I have not started studying it yet, so it is way off. So, But anyways, guys, we'll see you there on Patreon. If not, we'll see you here on the free platform for Strange Shorts as well on YouTube. Anything else, Andy? I think we're all good, Michael. All right, guys, there's nothing less to do but keep on creeping. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other shows on our TCG network, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel. Starting every Monday with new episodes of Strange and Unexplained, followed every other Tuesday by our audio drama podcast, Sandu Stories. Then, of course, new episodes of True Crime Guys every Wednesday. And if that's not enough, head on over to our Patreon, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of exclusive content, including older episodes, Strange Shorts, the latest edition of Sandu Stories, and, of course, higher thoughts. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. You hush your mouth, boy.